Welcome to Between Two Printers, a podcast where we will discuss all things 3D printing and ONP. I'm your host, Jeff, and I've been with Warren for the past 19 years. And recently, my role has been increasingly revolving around 3D printing. So we decided to create a podcast to discuss and share some of the learnings we've had along this journey. Welcome to another episode of Between Two Printers. I'm joined again by Chris Hansford. How's it going, Chris? Going great. Nice to be here again with you, Jeff. So what are we talking about today? Good question, Jeff. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the challenges in, in printing and the different technologies and, you know, decisions about uh, design um, around the printing, uh, printing of the device. Uh, but I'm curious to know a little bit more about what goes on after uh, your part is printed. Um, so once you have that device uh, printed out, it's still there in the machine. What happens from there? Well, as with most of our discussions, or many of them anyways, uh, I'll divvy up the answer according to the print technology. Some of the things will be common to all, including thermoform devices, but mostly they each have their own what I'll call details to consider. In each case, I would start from the point where the print is finished and, and stopped, but before anything else has happened. So as you say, just after the print is finished. And then for each print technology, there'll be a few different steps that are independent of the ONP device that you're making. Sounds good. Uh, maybe let's start with SLA, uh, just uh, because I know we, there aren't too many applications that we've seen this useful for, uh, but it'd be good to talk about that. Sure. I think we can generalize that to VAT polymerization. Uh, there's a number of technologies that are very similar in that regard. There's SLA, DLP, or uh, SLIP from Carbon, and these will mostly share their same post-processing steps and finishing steps. So that's for all of those resin-based systems. And roughly the steps are gonna be as follows. The first thing that you need to do when the print's done, uh, you know, other than take it physically off the printer, is to wash the part. Uh, and by this, I mean that there's gonna be resin residue on the part that you need to remove. Thankfully, for most of our ONP devices, there's not a lot of little crevices where surface tension is gonna make that harder to clean. Uh, exceptions might be around a complicated lattice structure if you were doing something like that. Uh, but for the most part, our shapes need to fit people so they don't have all these little sharp edges and nooks and crannies. Uh, so it may be as simple as soaking the part in an isopropyl alcohol bath for an hour or so. Uh, if there were greater concern, you might end up using an automated system with a built-in heater and agitator. Once the part's washed, uh, you also need to remove the supports if there were supports required. Uh, they should be carefully clipped off at their attachment points and gently sanded. And then lastly, there's the post-curing of the part. Generally speaking, for the resin technologies, when the part comes off the printer, it's what's called green, meaning that the resin isn't completely cured. Uh, the benefit of that, of course, is that the post-cure will tend to create better interlayer bonding than you might expect from, say, an FDM print. The downside takes time. So once we're there, uh, then it's gonna be about grinding any edges or skies that you might want, putting any holes for screws or rivets. Uh, I'd say for most printed parts, where on a thermoform device, you might wanna drill slightly undersized and pound in a rivet before securing it, don't. On a sheet formed of PolyPro for an AFO, the material will stretch and the rivet would become a perfect fit. But if you do that on a printed part, it's gonna load the slices in the worst possible way and may cause it to split along layer lines. Uh, that's uh, not too bad. Anything else to consider? The other thing to think about is uh, surface finish. If you've ground the edges on fiberglass or carbon fiber socket, 
You know how the resin part gets sort of white and cloudy where you've sanded it? The same will happen on a resin printed device. So rather than wet sanding with super fine grit paper, what you could do is paint on a bit of diluted uh, resin, like mix it with a bit of isopropyl alcohol and then put it under a curing lamp. The surface tension of the resin will find its way into the microscopic grooves and then the curing will create a nice smooth surface. Okay, I've got a handle on that. What about for the HP MJF printers? Uh, so as with the SLA question, I'll generalize this a little bit as well. And we can talk about it as powder technologies since mostly MJFs and SLSs are gonna share a lot of uh, the processes. The first thing and, and one that's sometimes overlooked is letting the print volume cool. Uh, for the powder print technologies, they typically need around the same time as it took to print to cool before being removed from the powder and otherwise processed. Uh, so that's a big time suck. Uh, and then once it's cooled, then you remove the part from the powder. Uh, so this typically involves vacuuming away the powder uh, to be reused later. Depending on the surface finish requirements, you may end up doing some sandblasting to the part afterwards. And since the material selection is limited compared to some of the other print technologies, um, very often what will happen next is that you may dye the part in order to get the color that you're looking for. That said, the MJF printers do now have some uh, other models that do allow uh, printing in full color. So if you're using one of those, obviously that's not going to be an extra step you have to do. As with SLA, now we get to the point of drilling, grinding, etc. cetera. Uh, to be fair with the powder technologies as used in OMP anyways, they have the smallest feature sizes printable. So you're able to get little holes and stuff um, fully accurate right off the printer. So you're able to design these features in and not have as much of a manual finishing step. That sounds pretty good, except for maybe the cooling step. Agreed. If we're not talking about uh, printer costs, they are higher, then the biggest issue I have is cooling time. HP's MJF technology is significantly quicker than the older SLS technology, but it's still long when compared to VAT polymerization techniques or FDM type prints. I'm glad you brought up FDM. That's one I'm probably most familiar with. I suppose this one will have the most processing? Uh, thankfully, no. While FDM has its own challenges to get the print for certain types of geometry, I would say it's generally the easiest to deal with right off the printer. There's more or less no cooling steps or cleaning or recurring required. For some parts, there may not even be supports to remove. Uh, just depends on the, the type of shape geometry that you're working with. Some shapes are going to be much better suited to FDM printing than others. And if you've got one that is, you may not need to do supports at all. Uh, but for those cases where you do need to remove supports, it basically means taking pliers to break away the bulk of the material, then snippers to remove the bit closest to the printed device, and then gently touching with some sandpaper. As with SLA, then grind in any scives where you're kind of going down to zero thickness open up any holes. Uh, and the reason I say that is I find for FDM prints, your best bet if you need, uh, if you need nice, clean, accurate holes is to print them just a little bit undersized and then use a drill to open them up to the exact right size. Um, and that's, that's about it. And then I guess for all the devices and all the machine types, uh, there'll be some steps in common. Um, so once you have that all kind of finished up, then you're inserting rivets and joints, you're adding Velcro and uh, adding socket adapters for uh, prosthetic devices, that sort of thing. Exactly. And those are the steps that are in, that we have in common with a thermoform device. Like you said, rivets, joints, Velcro, socket adapters, any of that kind of stuff that's going to be drilled into, glued on, 
uh, all those things are going to be the same steps that we would do with a thermoform device. So once you get to that stage, not really any different. Uh, really cool. And uh, thanks for that uh, further information on what happens after the part gets printed. Uh, thanks a lot for your time today, Jeff. No problem. We'll talk to you again soon. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to like, review, or share on whichever platform you're listening on. We build these episodes according to what we think you want to hear. So please do leave us some feedback by either leaving a comment or reaching out to us at info at forum.com. Until then, take care. <laughs>